Hello and welcome to The Rodeo on Record. We'll jump into the good stuff in just a moment, but first, some context. The Rodeo is an independent music magazine showcasing the best in new music across genres of alternative, indie and Americana. From interviews to featured articles, the mag encompasses everything we love about gig going, vinyl collecting and playlist making. Now, off the back of the magazine comes our latest venture, The Rodeo On Record, offering a behind-the-scenes look at our content, bringing you snippets of our interviews in their most organic form. My name is Liv Cowell, I'm one of the editors and writers at The Rodeo, and I'm beyond excited to bring you this podcast. The Rodeo On Record is something we've wanted to do for a long time, seeing as there's so much material that we don't get to share with our readers each issue. From bonus questions to tangent chats, this is the place to be for exclusive insight into what makes our magazine so flip and fabulous. So giddy up, partner. Let's get to it. This episode, we're taking a look at some of the artists appearing at Fair Play, a brand new festival taking place across Manchester's northern quarter on Saturday 2nd of April. Each of these interviews is available in full on our website, therodeomag.com, so if what you hear piques your interests, head online to get the full scoop. Coming up, you'll hear from the big smoke rock duo Horsey. I remember when we were starting out, we were getting booked to play in like Camden, and every band just sounded like the Kooks or something like that. Tail end of that like indie, nothing landfill stuff. Art rockers blue bendy. It can be beautiful and it can be textural, and um, not only will it sound different, it will just elevate the whole thing. Dream pop duo Robbie and Mona. I feel like could be, we could be a bit more expressive with Robbie and Mona in that, exactly in that sort of alter ego character narrative with the music. And indie rock group Boom. Any, any ways that venues can help people feel safe or bands can help people feel safe is good. First up then, we've got rock duo Horsey. Their music is unpredictable, a mishmash of guitar twangs, vocal quips and piano sections, which our writer Lily beautifully describes as sporadic and inviting. That is, as it happens, the same approach I take to decorating the flat. Ahead of their performance at Fair Play, Theo and Jacob sat down with Lily to give us all the details on their upcoming show, as well as a reflection on creating their debut album, Debonair, one year on from its release. Although they're based in London, the pair didn't have much to shout about in favour of the music scene they started out in. Take a listen to their thoughts on how the subculture for post-punk has changed since they first formed. Because, you know, I was looking at, obviously, the London scene, and it is known for, you know, these kind of new, like, slightly obscure, slightly experimental acts, like you've got Go Girl and stuff, and obviously views and things. Do you think the London music scene, like, how do you think that influenced your sound? Obviously, coming up and playing live. Well, I think when we started, it was, like, a lot of indie music that I remember really disliking. And actually, I think Theo kind of disliked it too. So we kind of went against it. Mm. And it's only really recently where stuff has actually been quite subversive and, like, good, in my opinion. Mm. So it's kind of, it feels like it's less, a lot less embarrassing part of like a, a London music scene whereas when I remember when we were starting out we were getting booked to play in like Camden and every band just sounded like the Kooks or something like it yeah. just, ooh, was just that tail end of that like indie nothing like landfill stuff which I've heard is coming back which is quite scary oh, yeah. Yeah. 
There was that that was like popular, but I think there was like an, uh, there was countercultures. Oh, Oh, yeah, that influenced us a lot. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I remember I listened, I listened to that so much. We both listened to that loads, and like uh, Max yeah. Lowe's and Dirty Loads, Smart, and then yeah. there were these like really thick bands that weren't popular, but we were well, not popular like, at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's funny when I used to play, I used to listen to that stuff all the time, and then yeah. my, my mum would pick up on it even as a teenager, like, oh, this sounds like kind of like your music, or sounds like music from London. Like, yeah. so I think there is a, like, a continual line there. Of yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. No, I get that. Yeah. I think, like, I mean, it's the way it goes in it. Something that's a subculture that is probably, you know, a bit more interesting than the current trends will always prevail to be a current trend. It's the same with, like, you know, the post-punk movement, especially in places like Birmingham. Like, started yeah. out as a little subculture and then you've got, like, you know, tens of pop punk acts or pop punk, post punk acts. <laughs> God, pop punk would be a lovely little revival. I love. It? We we love pop punk. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, love, I, used to, I love that stuff. I still listen to Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, stop it! I want to go. What I'm listening to now. Hey. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about your lyricism because I think, like you know, obviously, you've got this experimental sound you've been playing for ages, but like, I think when I listen to your lyrics they're quite brooding quite dark and you've got this kind of like sporadic sound so it's a really interesting mix was that always intentional did you always start out writing quite like you know dark lyrics or yeah I mean uh, most lyrics are mine and uh, some a lot of the darker ones are written when I was a bit younger Mm. probably I don't know but then uh, yeah, so it's just kind of, I guess, carrying on that theme. But I don't know, so it's really hard to tell. Sometimes you just write a song because you've got to do it the next day. Yeah. You've literally got a gig, but yeah, for a gig, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them are like, we're in the studio, we've got to do it. Um, other ones, they just come when, when you're writing the song. So I don't know, there's no real plan to it. It just comes out. I think you, you kind of, your voice just, just comes out. But but definitely, I yeah. think, maybe, I don't know, probably more gags as I've gotten older. And yeah. Less like, less like I'm scared for this person. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, they were always, to, to me, they were always really funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, to yeah. me, even the stuff that Theo will proclaim as, like, serious, I would find it, it's almost like macabre and, like, there's a humour to how, like, serious it is or something. Do you know what I mean? It, mm it's kind of like yeah. he was attracted to those kind of horror like you know I like like you know intense things to say and do and I, I quite like the intensity so I guess that's what what I get excited by the lyrics mm-hmm. but it's nothing's really you know intentional it just comes with lyrics isn't it yeah that's yeah. understandable I mean like yeah I feel like intensity is a good way to describe your sound in general you know intense sonically mm-hmm. and then also you've got these kind of intense lyrics We'll stop there, but as the interview continues, the pair delve further into that debut album and the strong friendship which underlines the music they create together. You can read the rest of that Q&A online, totally free of charge. Thank you to Theo and Jacob for their time and to Lily for conducting that interview. Horsey are playing Fair Play Fest in Manchester's Northern Quarter on Saturday 2nd of April. Next up, we're going to hear from another band from the Big Smoke, this time an art rock group known as Blue Bendy. With six bandmates in the regular lineup, 
guest musicians jumping in on their newer material, and a collaboration with producer Margot Broom, known for working alongside the likes of Goat Girl, Big Joni and Fat White Family, the blue bendy mantra certainly seems to align with the more the merrier. Having adjusted their sound somewhat since emerging from the pandemic, the band embraces creativity and inspiration both from each other and from other South London artists. In a great conversation with our writer Daisy, guitarist Joe talks us through their new sounds and how they each bring something quite different to the table. And that process of writing as a, as a six piece, is that something that kind of one of you naturally kind of takes the lead with or do you all chip in ideas and it works in a more sort of organic collaborative way? I can imagine, well, lots of ideas flying around. Yeah, so it's a bit of a mix of both. For the most part, um, Arthur will come in, who's the sort of um, lyricist and the singer. He'll come in with the idea of like a skeleton of a song. Sometimes he'll have it almost really fleshed out in his head and then he'll come in and um, show everybody the idea and we can either learn it that way and work backwards and you know sort of decide what's working or what's not working and then also occasionally we can just be in studio where we're in there for like a full day it's very easy to get carried away and just start noodling around and then something I'll catch someone's ear a guitar part or a synth part or a drum pattern or something and be like okay that's interesting and then literally build it up from scratch there and then Arthur will go away and write some melody and some lyrics on top of that Mm-hmm. So there's no defined way we do it. I think we've been playing for long enough now and practicing for long enough that everybody has an idea of the sort of sound that we're going for. And when something does naturally happen, it's quite nice. But um, yeah, certainly a, a big element of Arthur coming in with these um, ideas and then passing it to all of us and seeing what we want to do with some parts. Would you Would you say that you all have quite similar tastes in music outside of your own music or do you have kind of different influences that you bring to the table? So I think we're all probably, if what's the bigger circle, we all certainly have a crossover on the big Venn diagram mm-hmm. of like alternative art rock and like alt pop and stuff like that. We like all between us love a lot of current bands like um, Black Country and Caroline and Black Midi and stuff like that. And then a lot of 90s stuff, Stereo Lab and Broadcast, we all cross over there, Pavement and Radiohead, uh, big ones for us. But then I think individually we all do bring in these other elements where... It wouldn't like um, Olivia might not listen to something that Harrison listens to, but between the two of them, they'll like gel this part together. Or Arthur will be listening to this band that I don't think are very good, but he'll like um, bring in an idea from them and like in the context of things, it does work. So there's certainly that overlap, but um, yeah, with us all separately, we we do all have our own individual tastes and um, disagreements with as well. <laughs> and listening to the the EP as well, the influence kind of like you've got like strings on there and flute and kind of a bit more fleshed out, I suppose, than just your, your bassy drums, your guitar, the kind of meat and two veg of like bands. Yeah. Again, is that something that you kind of, I suppose was a deliberate thing to say, not to set you apart from other bands, but you knew you wanted to have the different textures and different layers to it. Yeah, for sure. I think that also is follows on from the change I was saying, where things became a bit more fun and a bit looser and a bit um, mm-hmm. a bit more free. It was when we were first started. It certainly wouldn't have been the case that we'd have thought about putting strings and flutes on like a you know post punk song. Like mm-hmm. did it, it just sort of going for it. Uh, but it's uh, almost like a case of like if something can be beautiful and you have the ability to do it and you can write the parts and you have the players and people are willing to put their time in and. Um, make something that you know without it you'd still be proud of but 
it can be beautiful and it can be textural and um not only will it sound different it will just elevate the whole thing arthur's girlfriend catherine is the flute player she plays on a few a few of our songs so um she'll come into the studio and she's just brilliant and can like just take this song uh, like one of the ep songs spring 100 has has a flute line that goes through both choruses which because uh, we've known that song for ages now that always just be like a guitar line mm-hmm. and uh, it sounded like this sort of picky sort of um trebly almost guitar solo line and we're like why don't we try that on the flute when we recorded it and we're like god yeah it just sounds miles better it's just like kill it on the guitar it's just not not needed and that's not working move it on to the flute was that something that did the did the name Spring One Hundred come after that change to the flute line? Because I listening to it, I think the flute adds that real sort of well spring like feel to it, but kind of still quite brooding. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I think the lyrical content, um, unless you really lock Arthur in, he's a bit of a fickle um, lyricist. I think just because he's always inventing and he's always writing in his head. So because we've been playing this song for so long. Um, the lyrical content quite close to the change when we rewrote it for the last time and added the flute and stuff was a bit more maybe correct for the context of, um, I don't know, spring. I don't know what you'd think about when you listen to it, but it's a lot more open lyric-wise, so it's a bit more flowery than, than what it was. It was, a, it was a bit dark at one point, but still has that element, but it's a bit more uh, easygoing now uh, than what it was, yeah. We'll leave that chat there for now, but the rest of the interview is available to read for free online, so head to our website for the full thing. Thank you to Joe for offering such great insight into the workings of Blue Bendy, and to Daisy for taking that Q&A. And of course, Blue Bendy will appear at Fair Play Festival in Manchester, so head down and support the band at what is bound to be a great performance. Now the next clip I've got for you today is from dream pop duo Robbie and Mona. In conversation with their writer Brady, the pair dubbed themselves as the Lady and the Tramp of the music scene. A self-summary which makes a lot more sense when you realise that not only are the pair together, but their monikers are actually inspired by real dogs. Ahead of their performance at Fair Play, Robbie and Mona, whose real names are Will and Ellie, candidly explain the influence their relationship has on the music, as well as the expressive personas they adopt on stage, something I've always been fascinated by. Robbie and Mona, like you said, they were my dogs when I was growing up, which was a sort of a quite a sort of spontaneous, aloof naming of us in the moment. Robbie, I think, is kind of like the slightly neurotic, high frequency alter ego. And I'm the sort of like docile, expressive. Kind of a, that's an oxymoron, but yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like it's kind of one of those things where we don't. It's not like a really conscious effort to be like, oh, these are our alter egos. But um, I think it's sort of like quite fits with the way that we aren't necessarily like that when we're just living our lives, but when we're kind of on stage and performing, that's sort of yeah. Aspect there's definitely characters we kind out. of slipped into, wasn't it? Without. Yeah. It having it was convenient that it had relevance to the dogs as well that yeah. they were also like that. It kind of was like a nice little bow to wrap around it, you know. Um, yeah, say that it gives you um, an element of freedom. Would you say that kind of if you not all yeah. egos but personas that you can kind of channel to yeah. separate work and life? I struggle, yeah, I struggle to on stage to not have a persona 
every like project I've ever been in has always had an element of a persona going on stage because I really struggle with the 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 two kind of things of being on stage and being something that people are watching and experiencing and then mm. coming off stage and then having to revert back to something where you're just part of everyone doing watching and seeing everything so I've always had to have a persona to kind of take myself into which also kind of I kind of shoot myself in the foot with doing that because when I come off stage I struggle to slip back into my what I actually am yeah because gigs are usually a social event yeah and I kind of have to yeah gradually decompress uh, (laughs) as the night goes on really (laughs) so you mentioned just then that you um you've had different personas in different projects and so you both met as being part of Pet Shimmers um, and I wondered, what is it that the Robbie and Mona project allows you to explore that you weren't able to or maybe hadn't done with Pet Shimmers? I guess it's a lot smaller. So I feel like could be, we could be a bit more expressive with Robbie and Mona in that, exactly in that sort of alter ego character narrative with the music kind of way, because it's just kind of more like pointy, direct, just two of us. Um, and I think when you're working in a big group, it's there's a different quality to it. Yeah. And you're a, you're a couple duo as well. So not yeah. musically, but you are together. And how does that influence your work musically? How does that dynamic shape the work? I think it's in a really kind of shallow way, it's really convenient for us yeah. that we're together. Not just creatively, but the way we live our lives is kind of just rolls into the same weird little world of like our relationship and Robbie and Mona. Uh, and then creatively it just, we're always reinforcing each other with how we uh, have our outlooks on the world and the, mm. the conversations we have. And that's always kind of being channeled into not only our relationship, but our music at the same time. So, yeah, I think, so. well, I don't know. It just makes a lot more sense for me because it's not separate it's not decompartmentalized like oh I go over there to do the band and then I come home to my relationship it sort of feels more authentic I think it all, it, it, I don't know it all feels a bit more weaved together and authentic because it's all real and it makes a, I don't know it's happening real <laughs> in real time kind of thing such a lovely dynamic those two have going there and in the rest of that chat, they reveal to Brady more about the erotic elements which underpin their project. You can read the full Q&A online, of course. Just head to our website. Many thanks again to Ellie and Will for sitting down with us and to Brady once more for leading that interview. Robbie and Mona will perform at Fair Play Fest on April 2nd. Our final interview today is with indie rock group Bull. This North Yorkshire quartet has been around for just over a decade now and they show no signs of stopping anytime soon. In fact, the band was signed by EMI Records in 2020, making them the first York band to sign to a major record label since Shed 7 landed a deal with the industry giants in 1993. You don't need me to tell you that's quite an achievement. Recording their chat on International Women's Day, it was the perfect occasion for our writer Hannah to sit down with guitarist and chief songwriter Tom to discuss the importance of safe spaces in music. Take a listen. 
everyone deserves to be safe, you know, <laughs> and 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 to have a good time and to be able to, and and especially music seems like a a great place for people to. You don't have to be anything, or do anything other than go, you know. Yeah. And that's so what a great place to to feel safe, you know. Everyone can everyone can go. You don't, you know, if you can drink if you want, you, you can not drink if you want. Or you're you're just all there to do the same thing, which is to watch some music and hopefully have a good time. Have a good time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, any any ways that venues can help uh, people feel safe or bands can help people feel safe is good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like it's International Women's Day today, and you know, like it's still there's still quite a lot of spaces at gigs unfortunately where as women we don't necessarily feel safe but it's not just women as well um because unfortunately you know it can be like that sometimes uh, yeah creating these spaces and having festivals like fair play and having decent bands playing decent bands speaking out about it it's yeah. just change that narrative so i'm excited it's gonna be it's gonna be a good festival yeah i think it'll be really good the lineup is we were really really excited about the lineup yeah it's um, who else are you gonna see then who else are you looking forward to watching definitely want to see blue bendy yeah, uh, they're friends of ours. And I saw them recently, and they were really, really good. They got a new song called "A Celebration," which I think is a really, really good song. So I like to see them again. I like to see Big Joni. Estella used to live in York, who plays bass in Big Joni, and we would start when Bull was starting. We played together with her band Junk twice a week. <laughs> you know, we were we were like really tight with with Estella, so it's always nice to see her. She moved to London um, quite a while ago now, but she's doing so well, so it's really good to see. It's mad um, how like past can like past cross again, you know. So yeah, so I definitely want to see them. Is Global Charming playing? That's I think they are, and that's a Dutch band, a really good Dutch band. Oh, really from Amsterdam. So yeah, we're really excited about seeing them. Yeah, I'm supposed to be in London that weekend, and I'm trying to move things around because I'm like I need to be there, and also yeah. going back to. The you know supporting smaller venues, all the mm. venues on that um are going to be at that festival. Uh, sick, cool, news yeah. as well. So which which venues is it? So you've got soup, uh, soup kitchen. Oh yeah, I like that place. In the northern quarter, yeah. And then you've got um the pier hat, which is like that hidden. Grind. I love that place. Yeah, me too. If those walls that is the cool, best bar in Manchester, probably right. Yeah, we've got a friend who's you probably met. She's always there. She pretty much lives there. In fact, I think she does live there. She's called um, Alana, but she she plays music as Zup. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. She won't know me, I don't think. Well, she does. She'll be like, oh, that's drunk girl that was there. That's yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> but she's cool. She's, she's called Lainey. That's what she's called. Right, yeah. Um, yeah but she, yeah, she's really cool. We met, we knew her in Manchester for a while, but we played a gig at the Beer Hat with her a long time ago. That's a perfect example of, of why we wanted to bring you this podcast is to show you those those lovely little side chats, those tangents that we go off mid-interview that we don't get to include in the write-ups. So um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it's got you excited for Fair Play Fest, hearing Tom and Hannah get really excited about what's coming up. Be sure to read the full conversation with Tom on our website. He goes on to hint at what could be next for Bull, including a shift in sound and a very exciting music video prospect. Thank you to Tom for his time and insight there and to Hannah for conducting the Q&A. If you haven't already cottoned on, you can catch Bill playing Fair Play Fest in Manchester's Northern Quarter on Saturday 2nd of April. 
In fact, all of the artists we spoke with on this episode are playing Fair Play Fest and the full interviews can be read in Q&A format for free online at theradiomag.com. Now we're releasing two episodes for our coverage of Fair Play Fest 2022, so if you enjoyed this then do go and check out the other episodes to hear our writers speak with London punkers Big Joni. For me, punk is about kind of having that ability to to create and also to be rebellious and to kind of find your own way through life. The genre-fluid northern lot Yang. If you realize, if you just read the lyrics out of context, it just sounds like he's having the worst night ever, but it's sung as if he's having a great night. And dance floor activists' regressive left. It would feel a bit out of touch with the time, I feel, to be writing just like happy-go-lucky. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for listening to The Rodeo on Record. If you enjoyed, and we hope you did, make sure to tell a pal, a colleague, anyone who listen really, and give us a big fat five-star rating whatever you're listening. This is the best way to support the podcast and help us reach new listeners. For more independent content, visit therodeomag.com where you can find a shop to all our latest print magazines as well as a great big load of online content to explore. Interviews, album reviews strange feature pieces we can't totally explain we like to think there's something there for everyone make sure to follow us on twitter and instagram to keep up to date with our latest work and future episodes you'll find us at the rodeo mag on both that's all for now partner but we hope to see you around these parts again i've been your host liv cowell and on behalf of all the team at the rodeo thank you again for listening yeehaw